Welcome to season three of Bend the Podcast. Conversations to spark creativity, challenge beliefs, and disrupt what it means to be well. I'm Lillian. And I'm Deb. This season, we have some former guests sitting in the co-host chair. They're going to help expand our perspectives. Listen for some familiar voices. Our podcast is recorded on the unsurrendered and traditional territories of the Algonquin Anishinaabe people. We're really happy you're here today. Enjoy the conversation. Hi, everyone, and welcome to this episode of Ben the Podcast. We are really looking forward to a conversation today, digging into a specific area of women's health. Our guest today is Andrea Pickett. Andrea is a registered physiotherapist with extensive postgraduate training and clinical experience in pelvic health dysfunctions for both men and women. In 2003, she earned a Bachelor of Science in Physiotherapy at Queen's University, and prior to that, a Bachelor of Science in Kinesiology with honors at Ottawa U. Andrea began her physio career in Burlington, Ontario, where she gained experience in all areas of hospital medicine and rehabilitation care. Then she returned to the Ottawa area to join a private orthopedic practice in 2010. Andrea has two young children and has a strong interest in health and wellness of pre and postpartum moms. Andrea takes pride in offering assessments and individualized treatments of pelvic health dysfunctions such as bowel, bladder complaints, frequency, urgency, incontinence related to those things, and pelvic organ prolapse, postpartum abdominal separation, prenatal care, as well as various forms of pelvic pain. Vulvodynia, did I get that right? (laughs) (laughs) Persistent lumbopelvic and pelvic girdle pain. She's a pelvic health educator and regularly hosts public workshops in her local community and offers health professional colleagues um, such as residents, phys- resident physicians, physio and massage therapists, one-on-one in-clinic shadowing mentorships, and most recently has joined the Pelvic Health Solutions team as a teaching lab assistant. She is the co-founder of Birth Talks, workshops for pregnant moms and core and floor rehabilitation physio program for new moms. Most recently, Andrea was thrilled to be invited to experience and present a pelvic health educational and interactive workshop at the most recent 2020 CPMG CWIM Fitness Challenge and Retreat in Canmore, Alberta. She enjoys the outdoors with her family, her new puppy, participates in a home-based fitness training program, as well as managing a growing private pelvic health practice in Perth, Ontario. Andrea, welcome. Hi, <laughs> thank you wow. for having me. Wow, I'm, I'm so interested in all of those things. Wow, that's um, the very specific kind of work you do. Um, why don't we just start by telling us how are you doing today? Good, yeah, I'm doing very well. Yeah, I'm always happy to chat about pelvic health. It's uh, one of the most fun things about my job is just educating people and talking with people and and it's a big transition as a physio because we're usually so let's get my hands on you and fix you and a lot of this stuff now that I do is just education and awareness Mm -hmm. um so I just really enjoy talking to people and giving them their own knowledge about themselves oh isn't that yeah that must be really satisfying and it's spread the word in a different (laughs) way for sure um can we just start by asking I want to I don't know if we should ask you what pelvic health is and pelvic health, pelvic floor physio is, or how you got into this work. What would make more sense? To yeah. Talk so I think that how I got into the work, okay. um, maybe the way to go. Uh, mm-hmm. So again, being a physio for quite a few years and 
um, working in all areas of physiotherapy in the sense of like in the hospital in different areas and then moving into private clinic and, and seeing a little bit of everything and you know also treating clients of all ages uh, and then of course it was when myself my kids now are 10 and 12 but when I, of course, was pregnant and going through pregnancy and delivery and, and rehabbing after that, the light went off and I thought, where, why aren't we treating pregnant women? Like, where are all these women? Because this is really wild. Like your body goes through some pretty amazing things. Um, and we're on our own to do that. And, and I, I didn't think it felt right. I felt like it was finally um, an area of, um, a physio that we were underservicing women and that there was more that we could do for women. So um, I naturally just started every client I saw, you know, you had foot pain and I would say, Hey, how was your pregnancy? How did you feel before and after? Like, it was like, I was doing these constant little surveys of women. How's your body? Like, have you really recovered from it? And how's your back pain? What's happening with your bladder and bowel control? Um, so I just started talking to a lot of women and asking lots of questions on how they were doing. Um, there was a couple of physios um, in the area, um, one in Carleton Place and one here in Perth, um, who've been physios for quite a few years. And so they were mentors for me in this area. So Nancy Doker, is it, um, she's now still in Ottawa, and uh, Claudette von Mierbach, who's a physio in Perth for quite a few years and owned a private clinic. So. I reached out to both of them. They both were very aware of pelvic health physio and had been treating some of it. Um, and so I just, again, every woman I saw, I was like, hey, you should go talk to them about your pelvic health. Like, get that checked out too. I'll fix your knee, but hey, go talk to them about this stuff. Um, and then finally, Nancy Doker was like, you just need to do this work. Like you need to get involved. You're very interested. You send me all of your clients. This is silly. Go do the training and, and get yourself into this kind of work. So, so I did. So seven years ago, um, there's quite a few courses that you can take. Um, and I've practically taken them all, but, um, so seven years ago, I started taking pelvic health courses and just doing a little bit of that work, you know, one day a week, and now it's every day. Um, uh, there's just so, so much, there's such a need out there. Um, and I think that, again, it's, it's a growing topic, and women are more interested in, in seeking more help out earlier. Um, and doctors and gynees are now referring to pelvic floor physio too. So that's, um, that's what's helping as well. Oh, it's, it's certainly there's evidence to support pelvic floor physio um, can help you um, and either manage or get rid of a lot of dysfunctions. Um, so the, you know, the referral base is there. Um, and that's what's keeping us really busy too. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I think it's just my own experiences, of course. And that's usually what a lot of pelvic floor physios say, like, oh, hey, I was kind of awakened by something that I went through and, and seeking out treatment for yourself. Um, so pelvic health physio is, um, or pelvic health is, is generally thinking of your, you know, bladder and bowel, um, as well as urogynecological issues. So again, your general bladder and bowel health, 
um, sexual function, uh, menstrual cycle health. Um, and so that's kind of your pelvic health in a nutshell. So generally I'm encouraging women to, you know, chat with your family doctors about this is what's going on with me. Is that normal? I'm not sure. And just asking lots of questions and your pap test that you have three years, every three years is the perfect time to bring up any concerns or questions. Um, and then ideally they're giving you some information or maybe saying, Hey, you could see a pelvic floor physio for this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, that's, that's fascinating. I think First off, I love I love how this evolved for you in that you know personal experience and interest, and then just um, the conversations with other women to say, hey, yeah. you know, I, I love that. that. That's just that's that's really organically that's so beautiful to me, and um, I'm glad you're you're doing that work. And people were willing to tell you, yeah, you know, this was my experience, and I don't know what to do about it. And yeah, I that's love right. how it evolved that way. Hey, yeah. Um, now, do people, as I'm listening to you, it sounds like there, if there was something problematic, I would come see you. Do people come see you preventatively? Like what? Tell us more. Yeah. Tell us more. Yeah. yeah, for sure. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think that technically to see physiotherapist, you, any physiotherapist, you don't need to have a concern, right? It doesn't have to be an injury. It could be, you know, I am just aware that I want to get stronger. Um, Maybe I've had some old injuries and I want to start training for something. So, Hey, let's just screen through what should I, should, shouldn't I be doing to, you know, to prevent any issues. So technically any physio could do that anytime. Right. That's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah. So technically pelvic floor physio is the same thing in the sense that again, it's a topic that we don't really know a lot about. Um, so I just love the idea of like coming, um, you know, it's, it's not a must, but it's just nice to have that one-on-one, um, you know, awareness of like, well, what is my pelvic floor? What's normal and what's not? No one's ever really told me. I thought it was always normal to have pain inserting a tampon. That's, that's been my only life. No one's told me any different. I thought that was fine. Or again, pain with intercourse, or again, you hear a lot of women, of course, are leaking after a baby. We just assume that's normal. Uh, it's common, but not normal. Um, so I think it's really nice to have the idea of like, you can come and we can chat one-on-one, explain what your pelvic floor is. We would go through our, my one hour initial assessment is tons of questions about what are your habits? What is, what are your bladder and your bowels doing now and what's normal and what's not right. Um, and so again, sometimes people think peeing every hour is normal. That's not normal. I don't know. No one's ever told me it's not right. Um, and you know, how many times at night should I be getting up to go to the bathroom? Like technically zero over the age of 50, getting up once at night is normal. Right. So women that are getting up at, you know, they're 20 and 30 and they're getting up two or three times a night. They, they don't know that there's a problem. Um, they're not recognizing that. So I think it's nice for us as a baseline to just have this, what's normal. Um, and then, you know, I might not need a lot of ongoing therapy, but you know, yeah, five or 10 years from now, oh, something's different. And now I can talk to my doctor or nurse practitioner and, or, you know, seek out therapy for it. So generally a lot of women um, prenatally uh, when they're pregnant are now coming. So, you know, they find out they're pregnant. They're like, yay, this is amazing. But now what do I do? How do I, you know, they're aware of the trauma and um, issues that can go on obviously with their pelvic floor, but, you know, so they want to prevent a lot of those things from happening. And so definitely coming 
again, learning about where your pelvic floor is, how do I activate your pelvic floor? How do you put that into your prenatal workouts? Um, is uh, is a, a lot of what women are seeking out, right? So they might not have any dysfunctions or any pain, um, but they want to prepare their body for what's about to happen. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And how great that that is becoming more normalized, as you say, you know, got yes. a family docs are referring because, um, yeah, certainly when I had my kids, that wasn't, and nobody said that to me and that would have been really appreciated. I know. Right. And like the, the Canadian guidelines for pregnancy, the obstetric guidelines actually say, you know, um, you know, moving your pelvic floor, performing what's a Kegel exercise during your pregnancy is going to reduce your risk of leakage after. So it's in the guidelines, you know, but no one is really telling you or forcing you to go to seek, to seek treatment. The unfortunate thing is it's, it's a private service. So that's, that's a, that's a concern for a lot of women that, you know, you have to privately pay for physio. So unless you've got coverage to support it, um, you know, can, can you afford to come? Uh, but yeah, it's interesting that it's a guideline, right? It's something that the, the doctors recommend and know. And, you know, I, I feel like they could be doing more and pushing more. Um, the guidelines also say 150 minutes of exercise, of moderate exercise during your pregnancy. But do they really push that and tell you that, right? And that's something that I will do. Here is a healthy pregnancy, and this is the level of activity you should be doing for you and your baby. So sort of, and then, um, you know, um, guidelines in the sense of like what's too much and what's not enough and how hard do I push myself when I'm pregnant so giving a lot of women a lot of that education to keep them moving during the pregnancy um, and then again switching gears to hey let's prep for labor and delivery as well mm. and then let's rehab after labor and delivery <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah like a whole a whole um, plan more than just because so much of um, pregnancy, of course, is focused on what's going on with the baby and, and right. maybe how you adapt, but just they, you know, you want to make sure your blood pressure, diabetes, but really that's it. At least yeah. that's my experience. And that's right. They, they medically keep you well, which is very important. And, and that's a really big deal, of course. Um, but they, again, they don't really emphasize uh, your physical activity and, and prevention and, you know, prepping yourself. This is like a marathon. You would never go to a marathon without training. This is how I feel about labor and delivery, right? You need to get ready. You need to be as strong as you could be going in physically and mentally as well. Um, and in and, and hopes for a, a, a good delivery and, and a good recovery as well. Mm -hmm. Andrea, a little bit ago, you used that word Kegel. And when I was thinking about our conversation today, I was thinking kind of maybe the only thing I know or affiliate with pelvic health is a Kegel. Is, am I right? Tell us more about that. That's right. Yeah. And that's the big, like a lot of women come into my office saying, like, I don't even know how to Kegel. Like, what is a Kegel, right? Or the opposite. I, I'll see older women that have said, I've Kegeled my whole life and they're not working. Like, what's the problem here? So generally, um, just speaking of a Kegel, of course, it was a, a Dr. Kegel that invented the pelvic floor muscle contraction. So it was named after him. Um, so really, it means the muscles within the bottom part of our pelvis. Um, so muscles that surround your urethra where you pee, the vaginal opening and the rectal opening, that's your pelvic floor muscles. And they literally sling from the front of your pubic bone all the way back to your tailbone. So this whole area. Um, so pelvic floor exercise or a Kegel would be an active muscle contraction 
in all three of those areas. So again, a lot of women think of, oh, I just, I stopped my pee on the toilet and, and that's my Kegel, right? Um, and that's, that's part of it, but you also need a vaginal contraction and a lift and you need a rectal contraction and a lift. And ideally you should be able to separate them all as well. So it does get a bit complicated. Um, or it's like an aerobics a, class from the age. <laughs> right, yeah, it does, it does sound a little tricky, um, but ideally a healthy pelvic floor, we should be able to connect to all those areas and feel them separately and then feel them work as a team, right? Mm. Um, and really the pelvic floor is, is really one part of, of, again, what encompasses your, your core. So everyone is aware of my core. We think of our back and our tummy muscles as our core muscles, but your pelvic floor is a core muscle too. Mm. Uh, your diaphragm under your rib cage is a core muscle. So those, the top and the bottom of your core is generally what we forget about. And that's often what I'm teaching people through. And again, even though you don't have any dysfunctions, it's a core muscle you want to be able to lift and lug and run and do all these things with a happy, healthy back. Again, your pelvic floor needs to be part of that team. So um, yeah, so again, we're really being specific. We now know that, you know, the gold standard for teaching people and educating people on where your pelvic floor is, how to perform a Kegel exercise does include an internal exam. So that's what, again, what's very different about pelvic floor physiotherapy is that it's, it's training after school that we learn how to do internal exams. We're not assessing or diagnosing organ dysfunctions or medical dysfunctions, but we are assessing the muscle system within the pelvic floor internally. Um, and then teaching you, there's your pelvic floor. Do you feel that? Can you contract that? There it is. And then suddenly we're like, oh, okay, now I've got it. I didn't know that's what I was doing, right? Mm -hmm. um, a lot of women might compensate with other muscles, right? You're using your glute muscles, thinking that's your pelvic floor. Your pelvic tilting and squeezing your abs, thinking that's your pelvic floor, but it's not. Um, so that's what a Kegel is. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I can imagine, yeah, that, that internal work must be quite directive for women, right? Because as you say, they think they're doing it this way or they, it, until, you know, certainly physio yeah. I've done in my life has been hands-on. Like they have to actually show me and that's right. how could they show me that without that's right. that part? Yeah. That's right. Yeah. And, and again, this is where we now know like doctors forever have been saying, do your Kegels and they will hand you a sheet of paper saying here, here's a sheet of paper to teach you how to do your Kegels. We now know that does nothing, right? Women, it, it's failed women in the sense that like, you know, we're still leaking, we're still having issues um, and, you know, they're not working. So, and there's so many reasons why your pelvic floor and your Kegels might not be working, right? I can't find the muscle. I can't feel the muscle. Do I have any muscle extra um, hypertonicity? So tone in the muscle that I can't get it to contract. Do I have such a, a nerve dysfunction and a weakness in the muscle that I can't get it to contract? And those are the particular things that we're trying to figure out. Why, you know, what do you need to be able to do that might be very different from somebody else? Fascinating. Hey, Lily. Just, yeah. It's fascinating. And it's like, it's, it's an area of women's health that I didn't know anything about, like through my teens or my twenties. And I'd only really started to develop an awareness of it um, now in my early thirties and correct me if I'm wrong, but it's yeah. an area of women's health that hasn't had a lot of attention. No, it hasn't. Definitely not. Right. Um, again, there was always a bit of a barrier to pelvic floor physio has been around for quite some time, 
But years ago, even when I first started, like, you know, 10 years learning about it, um, you actually needed a doctor's referral. So in order for a physio to do an internal exam, it need you, we needed to have a medical director from a doctor, technically the permission to, yes, this physiotherapy can do this internal exam on you. Now we don't need that. Now we are, again, a licensed profession that I'm rostered with my college that I've been trained and I know how to do internal exams. I don't need the doctor's referral anymore. So again, people don't need to seek out their doctor to have this conversation. Ideally, I'm always encouraging that, of course, mm-hmm. um, so that they're aware. Um, but that that certainly was one of the barriers to pelvic floor physio. Um, and we now, again, even 2010, like there's been a strong amount of evidence and, you know, um, uh, level one evidence, grade A level ev- level of evidence that their pelvic floor physio uh, can be beneficial. So, which means if there's evidence to support it, doctors and gynecologists uh, will refer to that profession. So, again, you know, medicine is a an evidence based practice, and they only refer to professionals show the evidence in that service. So, so they're now more than happy to refer lots of people to us because there's evidence to support it. Right. Um, yeah. And I think that again, uh, you know, as young women, we're, we're, you know, again, we're interested in, in not settling, right. It's like, I'm not going to just start leaking and let that happen for the rest of my life. Like I, I'm not willing to do that. Right. Um, and, and now we know there's something out there that might help us. So, you know, we're seeking out those services earlier, which is great. Mm-hmm. I, to, to me anyways, it seems like maybe it's more personally than anything else, but like almost like a revolution of like interest in women's health. Like I've only recently started to understand like my cycle and the different phases of it. And you know, why, that's right. why, Why is it that we're not taught this stuff from a younger age? And also when, like as someone who's doing this work, do you think it should be taught to women you know, as they're reaching puberty and, and hundred percent. Yeah. hundred percent. And, and oftentimes, you know, a lot of women that come into the clinic, um, that, that is, you know, I'll say to them, my number one goal right now is, is, you know, well, what are your goals? You know, a lot of women might come in with, I have pain with intercourse and I'm like, okay, that's great. Uh, not great, but something we want to deal with. But first of all, I want to, I want you to feel good about you. Number one, right. I want you to know where your tissues are, know what they're doing, understand how they're working. Um, if you feel confident and happy in, in your general pelvic health, then everything else beyond that will come along, right? And that's kind of the marathon. That's goal number two. But number one is that I want you to be able to understand what's normal in your body, what to watch out for, um, when to seek out help, right? And, and again, feel good and strong in yourself before then we're, we're seeking out other goals. But I definitely think that, you know, um, this should be for sure. Sure. I mean, this could be started in public school, definitely in high school and our phys ed and our, you know, our our general health classes that, you know, other than just here's intercourse and here's your cycle, it should be expanded on in the sense of here's your body. We learn about your internal muscle system. Why don't we learn about your pelvic floor system? Um, You know, it's just as important, if not more. And you know, just again, your physical activity and strengthening your core and, and young athletes and gymnasts and whatnot, you know, you're not supposed to be leaking. And if you're leaking, there's an issue. So, 
and, and your pelvic floor is part of that core. So if you want to be strong and athletic, your pelvic floor needs to be part of that team, right? So you're right. I think 100% this is should be done more often um, in schools. And, uh, you know, I think that most of the time, every single woman that comes in, no matter what age they are, um, you know, they're, they're just thrilled and they're just so excited to just hear all this stuff and be like, oh, I didn't, didn't know this. I'm so happy to hear this and know this. And just that, right, that itself, that knowledge, of course, is power, but um, right, just that confidence in knowing what's going on with their body and that they're in more control than they actually realize validation too right like people suffer things things in silence and that's right does something to them like that you know that's not my experience or that's not like you're that's right normal yeah definitely and I mean oftentimes as well women are coming in because they might you know okay I thought maybe I should check in because I you know, I, I leak when I sneeze or I cough right and that's called stress urinary incontinence but I don't stop there. That's not, not all that I'm asking about. I will say to them, you know, we're talking about everything. So let's continue to talk about your bladder and your bowel and intercourse and your cycles or menopause, you know, what's going on in your whole general pelvic health, because that is going to affect what you consider the main problem, you know, which is your main goal, but we, we need to consider everything and, and take into that to account. So they're often really, um, surprised when they're like oh right okay I didn't realize I do pee every hour and I do get up twice at night and oh there's there is some pain with intercourse not really thinking those were problems you know they were here just for the leaking but now they realize oh wait a minute (laughs) I maybe have a few other things going on and we want to address all of those things too Mm-hmm. And and just the reminder that it's all connected. It's all it is all connected. Yeah. That's right, right? Like your functional constipation that you only empty your bowels every two or three days. You don't think that's a big deal, and and maybe it's not. But you're having other symptoms, right? You're having leaking. You're having other issues. So we do need to address the constipation because it's their neighbors, right? They're going to affect each other. Um, you know, so sometimes they're not leaving with Kegel exercises. They may be leaving with breathing and stretching and the use of a footstool in the bathroom and extra water to get their bowels rolling. So that might be their home exercise, right? They, they might not even be given Kegels that day. Um, it, it just depends on the person. I was just going to ask that, like, what are some of the things that you, I guess the right word wouldn't be prescribed, but are part of treatment? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, So oftentimes, you know, it's um, the education of getting women to sort of check in with themselves. Like, you know, we don't really often think about when we pee or how often we pee. You know, we sometimes will give you a bladder or a bowel diary, or we'll just generally get you to kind of take note of, well, what is your normal? What are you doing these days, right? Um, Which gives us a lot of information. So it might be something like that, like just the awareness of what are you doing, right? Um, um, Definitely, uh, you know, of course, general exercises we may give, um, which, you know, they might look like core strengthening exercises, but we're going to add your pelvic floor to that. Um, breathing exercises because your diaphragm is is on top and pelvic floor is on the bottom so we actually want to use your diaphragm to help stimulate your pelvic floor so we might give breath work Um, certainly what looks like traditional hip stretching and releasing and yoga style movements for your hips and pelvis we may prescribe those but it's 
for your pelvic floor to release maybe some tension that's in there that you didn't know was there. Um, so we can give a lot of movement work. Um, again, uh, tips and tricks in the sense of like, again, if bowel movements are a problem, you know, potentially using a footstool in the bathroom, putting your feet up on a footstool, and it just makes it easier to empty the muscles relax. So that might be a home exercise. Right? So simple. That just seems so, so simple. simple. That's, cool. That's right. Um, you know, again, just kind of t considering and, you know, what's happening with your water, what's happening with your food and your fiber, again, affecting your bowels, um, you know, certainly, again, with pain with intercourse, here, maybe a water-based lubricant and just education of like, okay, what are these? Why would I use that? I've never had to use it before. Um, again, speaking of, you know, uh, you know, even perimenopause and menopause, mm. definitely pain with intercourse tend to be uh, a complaint at times. Um, so again, giving them education on like, okay, here, here's a water-based lubricant. Your connective tissues change during that period. The vaginal tissues change, just like our hair and our skin changes during that time too. These tissues change and we need to be nice to them and be aware of that. Um, you know, I may educate them to go back to their family doctor and talk about a prescribed vaginal moisturizer or, Hey, maybe a vaginal moisturizer that's off the shelf at the drugstore. Mm. Um, and that may be something that, you know, they didn't realize they should be doing or they need to do right so we're just sort of giving them lots of education of what are other things that we can do other than just exercise right um that those are important uh things that we're giving out to people yeah lots of lots of cool stuff there um uh, when we were talking earlier before we started recording i said i had to google whether men had a pelvic floor which seems ridiculous now that we've had this conversation i've yes. started this conversation now you know <laughs> mostly is it mostly women you treat tell us about how this what you do with men yeah so definitely is mostly women um i probably i mean in a given week i probably definitely see two to three men right and then the rest are women right but i definitely always have men on my caseload so the issues with men, they do definitely have a pelvic floor. They have a muscle system. They have less technically pelvic floor trauma, of course, from labor and delivery, of course, of course. right? So there's, you know, generally less dysfunctions, um, but there's still muscles. So those muscles can have pain. Um, and again, they, they can have, um, you know, infections and or um, a lot of prostate issues so they can have chronic prostatitis and inflammation which can affect their their ability to release uh release urine and and have a good urinary flow um certainly a lot of men have leakage uh incontinence after a prostatectomy so a lot of um uh, cancer treatments and surgeries can unfortunately lead with, uh, or sorry, end up with leakage after that. So I will treat men um, after those types of procedures to try to help stop that urinary leakage that's happening. So, I mean, of course, I think in general, just like I think maybe even more so men are less aware <laughs> that pelvic floor physio is out there for them too, right? And they're, they're less aware, you know, they don't want to bring up these things. They don't want to talk about them, erectile dysfunction as well, right? You know, um, very taboo topic. And, you know, they're not really often even talking to their family doctors until it's a medical problem, right? And then at that point, usually, you know, their urologist is saying, hey, go seek out pelvic floor physio, see if they can help you after this procedure. Um, so definitely, you know, middle-aged men, I may be seeing for that type of treatment, uh, younger men, I may be seeing for pelvic pain. 
Uh, so pain within their pelvis, within their groin, penis, testicles. Um, and so we're, that's what we're treating. Mm -hmm. Oh, fascinating. And interesting that um, there's almost, there are different barriers and significant ones for men seeking treatment. And some yes. of that is that they aren't even talking to their family doctors. Yeah, here I thought that, I mean, I, I, I understand the barriers for women and the barriers that have been, but it's, um, that must be tough as well. It is. Yeah. And I think there's, you know, I'm not sure more of a psychological uh, influence that, that, um, you know, I, I, a lot of times people, a lot of men will call and say, well, what, what is this pelvic floor physio and what do you have to do? And I'm not sure that I can come and go through that kind of treatment with you. And again, once they're aware, you know, once they are aware and they have the education of what this is and what we do, most often people are more willing. I mean, it's very hard for every woman to walk through my door and be here. And I'm, I'm generally just so happy for them and so excited and grateful that they're, they're willing to try um, and always giving the options, right? There's always options that we don't have to do an internal exam. Um, if women are very clearly nervous and fearful or hesitant, or again, we, we always consider each person um, what we what we call like through it a, a trauma informed lens in the sense that unfortunately there is a lot of trauma in life both for men and women um, so any bit of physical or sexual abuse or trauma that that can be a big deal and that can be a huge barrier for women that they they're just not sure if they can come in um, in, in knowing that we often do a lot of telephone consults we do a lot of emailing and educating women on come we just talk we don't have to do anything internal day one we will only do that when and if you're ready um and most often women are really great that within a couple of sessions they're like yes okay let's do this because i know i'm excited now i want to know what's going on with me and i know that you know they're they're thrilled to know that there's something more that they can do to help themselves um so generally they're, they're more than happy to proceed with treatment at that time or the assessment, I should say. Mm -hmm. There's probably a lot of women that have experienced um, those types of traumas that feel really disconnected from that part of their body, right? So 100%, yeah. A space like you're doing where these women can safely like reconnect. That's right. That part of their yeah. body is probably a really impactful yeah. And I mean, the only way to create any sense of control of this part of our body is I have to understand it. I have to be able to connect with it, but you have to feel, um, you know, safe and, um, and empowered and given the knowledge of like, you know, there is more that you can do that we want you to take over these parts. And this is no different than even just um, you know, postpartum trauma and just your C-section itself. A lot of women disconnect from their abdomen. They can't look at it. They can't touch it. They can't feel it. They're, they're grossed out by it. Mm. And again, just gently nudging them to yes. And, and it's okay. And it, it's acceptable and very normal how you're feeling. But if we want to feel those muscles and find those muscles and create some sense of control over them, we gently need to kind of get connected again to that area of our body. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that, that takes a lot of time and it's very individual, right? Of, mm -hmm. of how long that takes. It's another big question. How many sessions, how many visits mm -hmm. do I need with the physio? I don't know. There is no written prescription for this, right? Um, you know, for sure, I'm generally treating women sort of, you know, three to four visits for sure. Um, you know, pain and any sense of um, trauma or history, it, you know, generally is 
is a lot longer. Um, but it's but it's what they can handle and what they can do. And you know, they're just taking little bits at a time. And we may say, okay, go go work on that for a bit, and let's see you in six weeks. And let's check back in and see where we're at, right? Um, so we have to make it very individual. Um, so there's no sort of recipe, that's for sure. And at different stages in life, right? If you're a postpartum yes. mom, your priorities are different and trying to get to physio is even. Right, um, exactly. However, it's still important. However, you know, yeah, stages of life, I'm sure. And people probably come back. Like you say, they go do the piece of work and then come back. That's right. Yeah, definitely. And again, this is, you know, another big question is, you know, do I have to do this forever? <laughs> do, mm-hmm. I have to, do I have to Kegel forever? And I'm like, well, you know, you, you're, you want your core strong forever, don't you? I want you exercising forever. So just having the awareness and like your pelvic floor is just part of that workout. That is forever, right? Um, keeping in mind that we change, right? We change, you know, after second and third baby, um, or again, sneaking into perimenopause, sneaking into menopause, that, that generally our system changes. So I may need to seek out more treatment at that time, right? But even just having, again, that baseline knowledge and awareness of like, oh, right, okay, I'm changing a little bit, perfect. Let's jump in and let's get to it now. Let's not wait till it's a bad issue. Let's let's seek out treatment a little bit earlier. Um, and again, more of that preventative care um, and can make, can make a big change for a lot of women too. And that's really no different from regular physio. You know, I'm going to wait till that shoulder can't function to go in. I should actually be keeping, continuing to get so early. That's right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Seeking out treatment for anything earlier, the better, right? Hopefully you need less visits. Hopefully, you know, you've got some great awareness of how to self-treat, right? Um, A lot of what we do, you know, is again, young women that can't come into the clinic. Okay, here, let's give you these things that you can work on and do. And again, I'll see you in a chunk of time because life is busy and you have three kids, right? Um, definitely newborn babies or little ones are coming into the clinic for your appointments, bring them in, that's not a problem. Um, and and certainly we recognizing um, that concern, yeah, we, I have developed a uh, core, what I call a core and floor rehab program. So this is for postpartum moms that have just had their babies, or again, technically for postpartum forever. But um, so of course we've switched gears and there's a little bit of Zoom happening for these programs, but there's also in-person. So mom and baby come to uh, the studio to do a rehab uh, program uh, with a trainer um, who has you know, yes, prenatal, postnatal fitness training, but also has done more courses in in pelvic health and done a lot of training with myself. And, you know, what is leakage? (laughs) What, what's a diastasis? What's an abdominal separation? What is, what is a prolapse, right? What are things to watch for? And what are, how do I cue and how do I train the pelvic floor and what looks like a regular workout, right? So it's very different. Um, Mm-hmm. So that's something new we've offered for women. Well, that's, I think that's very cool because it also builds your community when you're a postpartum mom because that can be a really yes. long time. Yeah. And, and I, I suspect that as you build awareness and learn to strengthen or learn what's normal in your body postpartum, it, it, does it help with, you know, um, people in postpartum depression? You know, am I, am I less prone to being, to, yes. to having it if, if I'm aware of rather than shame or isolating, right. you know? Yes. Yeah. So that's one way to deal with that, you know, avoiding that, um, you know, that disengagement, uh, with your body and yeah, again, feeling that, 
that power and that encouragement of, you know, kind of going, okay, this is common. This is common because what you've gone through, but Hey, let's, let's see where we can. And it's, it's a bit of a process, right. But let's see what we can work through. And it generally, you're right, does help and encourage them to, to keep trying and to not settle, right. Not settle for the leakage and just let it be, um, you know, definitely physical activity, is a well-known treatment for any depression, right? Um, and so again, postpartum moms, not only do we have that major hormonal shift that 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 uh, make us more susceptible to postpartum depression, but we also have this these physical barriers uh, that we need to rehab. Um, so again, that physical activity is, is helping with both for sure. Very cool. As, mm-hmm. as you're speaking, a question that came to mind that we didn't ask, do you treat kids? Do kids have they do right so i have consulted with kids and moms um i do just uh, because i've never been a strictly pediatric physio um i but there is pelvic floor physiotherapy for kids um and i'm just actually happy this like literally the last two months to welcome uh kim who is a pediatric physio uh from kempville Cool. Um, so she is now doing pe- pelvic floor tr- uh, um, physio for kids. So this might look like, again, a lot of constipation issues, bedwetting issues, uh, leaking with giggling um, and, and or sports or activities, or they may be born with a bit of an abdominal separation. So the nice thing about Kim is that, again, she has the, you know, the neurological and the motor developmental skills treat pediatric kids and a lot of kids that have other dysfunctions may have pelvic floor dysfunction so she's she's doing a little bit of both which is great yeah but definitely oh, an really issue cool. a whole a whole area i hadn't really thought about till we had this conversation exactly yeah andrea how come this isn't i know this is a much larger conversation how come this isn't accessible how come this isn't covered like it's such an mm-hmm. important women's issue i mean yeah. physio in general is it is yeah often you know, yeah. response to trauma in the body, but um, it's not covered. How? No, I know, yeah. right? It's it's yeah. Um, it it is upsetting. Um, you know, of course, I think unfortunately, you know, it, there there's you're right. It's a bigger question as far as beyond me and and our general healthcare. Um, you know, my my question and concern is that you know we do cover physiotherapy, right? You can get physiotherapy services in the hospital. There is OHIP funded physiotherapy services in the hospital and at some private clinics. Um, so there is some OHIP funded physio and pelvic floor physio. Um, you know, in larger centers in Ottawa, you may be able to find some. Again, the barrier with those is, is the timeline and the wait list is very long. And, you know, you've, you've worked up the, the courage to come to therapy. You don't want to wait three more months, right? Um, and certainly there's a barrier that, you know, if you're under the age of 18 or over the age of 65, you know, you can seek out OHIP funded physio, but again, you may have to travel the distance to find that OHIP funded physio. Um, And there's this whole group of, you know, um, women that are having babies that are left alone in the middle, or again, menopausal women that are sneaking into menopause that again, can't seek out that funding. So um, it is frustrating that the the thing is, it is possible um, in France, pelvic floor physiotherapy is covered and it's a normal way of life. They, every baby you have, you automatically go to pelvic floor physio and it's, it's part, it's part of their system. It's there and it's been there for quite some time. I don't know how many years, 
um, you know, in order to have a hysterectomy, they will send you to pelvic floor physio first and say, hey, go get started, go and, and, and then we will pay for your hysterectomy. So again, it's frustrating because I know it's possible in other countries and they're doing it. So will we ever see that here? I hope so. Um, I mean, I think, again, like I said, times have changed in the sense that doctors are referring, it's happening, and they're referring to physio, and, and they do recognize that privately pay is a barrier, right? Um, so it's, it's unfortunate. Um, you know, again, you get your hip or knee replaced, and you have OHIP funded physio after that. I don't know why I don't push out a baby and have OHIP funded physio for that, <laughs> right? What is the difference there, right? Um, so it is possible. Um, so this is also where even just the education and a lot of women that can't afford to come to therapy, I'll say to them, come once, you know, we'll, we'll, instead of an hour, I will talk fast for 45 minutes and, and just to give you something, or again, I'm happy to have a telephone consult just to throw out a few tips and tricks or send them to some resources online just so they can start learning and can they self-treat in any way. Um, so I'm always happy to do that for women and, and certainly sharing that, um, that that's possible. I'm sure people really appreciate that. And it's interesting because it, it, it costs the system in other ways, right? In the complications that results. So it does definitely, there's a ton of hysterectomies. There's a ton of C-sections. There's a ton of postpartum trauma. Um, so, you know, we, we are costing the healthcare system in other ways, right? Um, so we, could be helping and preventing. Mm -hmm. Andrea, if people are listening and want to find out more information about you or connect with you, how do they do that? Yeah, so I am, my location is of course here in Perth, um, Perth, Ontario. And so certainly they can find me on my website. I have to look at that. I don't even know what it is. <laughs> appelvicphysio.com. Uh, you can email at uh, info at appelvicphysio.com um, and reach out to us just to inquire. Um, I am on Facebook and on Instagram as well. And um, yeah, or again, I just encourage them to like, st just start thinking about yourself and what your body is doing. And then again, you know, chatting, you know, pap tests the perfect time to bring all this stuff up. What's going on with me? Is this normal? This has been happening. Um, we didn't even talk about menstrual pain, right? Or again, menopause, but you know, those are also topics of, of, you know, what's going on. My menstrual pain should be manageable. I should be able to do a few movements, do a few exercises, put on some heat and off to work I go, right? We shouldn't be curled up in a ball, taking days off school or days off work, right? There's mm -hmm. uh, there's more going on there and, and should be seeking out some medical assistance for it, for sure. Mm -hmm. That's very cool that you can offer some treatment and support for women in those situations because that that's mm -hmm. an issue that impacts so many, so many women. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And again, young women that don't know, right? They just think this is a normal cycle because that's all they've ever experienced, right? Mm -hmm. And their doctor has said, you know, maybe prescribe something that doesn't work. Well, this is kind of, this is what you got to do. Live with it. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. That the the band-aid for yeah. all of my generation, my friends. hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Not, you're not taught to develop an awareness of what's going on. You just kind of deal with it. And this yeah. is the doctor can... Yeah, and again, right. that disconnect from the body that you can't do anything about this. Here's a script. That's that right. Maybe help 
That's Otherwise, right. you just have to, the heating pad, take a day off work. That's right. Yeah, it's a hard part of our body to identify. We can't see it. We can't feel it. We can't, right? And, uh, uh, but we can, though, right? We can grab a mirror. We can do things to see it and feel it um, and make a connection to that area. So, um, yeah, so I hope that. We'll, we'll have to have you. I think we need to have you back on to talk about, like, menopause or yes. like a specific topic because exactly I mean, so there's so much right there's so much right and in general like I you know I often feel like these conversations are so hard that I usually have my my model and my pelvis that shows the muscles and the organs and women are like amazed just to see that um so certainly workshops and group things like passing around this model and oh, yeah. you know really figuring out what's going on with them and all kinds of, you know, other little tools and devices. Again, that can be a whole other conversation, but, you know, other things that we may use as part of treatment um, in, in different phases, but there's certainly lots of, um, yeah, lots of other and, topics. And even can... just preventative, I think a workshop like that, where people like just even yes. building that awareness can be prevention, right? It is yeah. exactly. Yeah. Just the more you know about yourself and uh, yeah, when, when it's time to seek out treatment. Mm -hmm. Very cool. Very cool. Oh, I'm going to have some good conversations with my friends. <laughs> good, that's perfect. Really that's the place to start, right? I mean, I'm at a different stage in my life where we do talk about these things, yeah. you know, and we yeah. laugh about them. And I think it's taken a long time to get to this stage. Like in my 30s, I probably wasn't having those conversations. So it's, it's, right. um, it's, it, it is really validating for sure. It is for sure. That's good to hear. Yeah. Andrea, what, um, what does wellness mean to you, either in the context of your work or in general or both? What does I know. Mean? And you know what, when I thought about this earlier, like it's right away how I, you, you go into like your, your therapy service mode and, you know, right away I'm like, oh, it's your optimal function of your, your MSK, your musculoskeletal system and your urogyne system. Right. But then I thought, oh, that's like a medical answer. And <laughs> that's how I look at my clients. Like I want to optimize your function. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and again, I think that, uh, I think that in general wellness is, is, is knowledge, right. About yourself. Right. And, and it could be, you know, my, my back and my shoulder or understanding that part of me and why is it responding? Why does it, why does it work some days and some days it's not? So I think that our, you know, I feel like my job is to, to give people guidance, right. That I want you to be able to figure out and understand your symptoms and why they're happening. Um, and that your, your wellness is, is encompassed in that, in that knowledge and that awareness. And that will bring you mental health and happiness as well as physical, um, physical health, right? Um, just, just that education. Mm -hmm. And the two are so connected. They are definitely. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I love that. I love mm -hmm. that. Just knowing yourself in, in so many ways, right? Knowing yourself yeah, yeah. Parts of ourselves that we don't really interact with a lot or maybe cut off from or maybe just tolerate or that's right or, you know yeah yeah and really understanding why these things are happening right and, and you know it's not generally one thing right of course sure I could have a trauma or a fall that's led to one thing but you know sometimes why things are persisting is the bigger question right and and that does encompass our whole being as far as you know my sleep and my nutrition and my mental health and mm -hmm. all of those things affect our pain anywhere in our body, um, but just our general wellness for sure. Oh, this has been a really um, uh, knowledge building conversation. I'm sure that your clients <laughs> so appreciate the work they do with you. You're really, you know, you explain things in a really accessible way and, and kind of a way that empowers people just even yeah. having the conversation. You've got me thinking about lots of stuff. 
Excellent. That's perfect. That's the point. That's it. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Thanks a lot, Andrea, for taking the time. Um, yeah, I hope this is the beginning of a larger conversation. I think um, our listeners are going to love this. Awesome. Thank you for having me. Yes, Happy to come back anytime. Absolutely. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Bend the Podcast is a production of Bend Wellness. For more information, check out our website, bendwellness.org. Thanks for listening.